and this is my Slovak experience. Dobry den everybody, I am Emanuele Terenzani and this is the first episode of My Slovak Experience podcast. The first guest is Paul Bert, an Englishman who has lived in Slovakia for more than a decade and he has had the chance to see Bratislava and the business here grow. And now he can tell us in the interview what he remembers about the transformation that Slovakia has been through. Paul is currently the managing director of the IBM International Service Center in Bratislava It's a company that employs thousands of people in the Slovak capital and many of them, of course, are foreigners. So now, without further delays, I'm very happy to present you the interview with Paul Bert. I hope you enjoy. I'm here with uh, with Paul Bert. Uh, Paul, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. You have been living in Slovakia for for quite a while, right? How, How many years? I came here in 2003. So that makes so like 15 years. 15 years of uh, of living in this country. Right? Yes. So you, you've been living all, all the time in this country? In Constantly in that time. In fact, even in the, the first eight years, I come from UK, but mm-hmm. uh, in the first eight years, I didn't even go back to UK once. So uh, I really settled here. Okay. So actually the, the most important question is to, to ask is why Slovakia? Oh, well, actually uh, there's a funny... A little bit of a funny story behind that. Uh, I mean, the simple answer is uh, Slovakia, because IBM uh, asked me, or I volunteered actually, to come here with work. But uh, it goes even back a little bit further than that. As a as a child, my parents, when I was a young kid, bought me a jigsaw puzzle. Mm-hmm. It was one of these wooden jigsaw puzzles, and it was the puzzle was a map of Europe. Okay. And uh, each piece of the puzzle was the shape of a different country mm-hmm. in Europe, and it was my favorite puzzle. And my favorite piece on that puzzle was always Czechoslovakia, Okay, as it was at that time. Um, I don't know why exactly, uh, maybe because it was kind of a, a very unusual shape for a country. You know, it was the two countries together and only actually joined by a small amount, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe something to do with the spelling because there's such an unusual look of the name of uh, a country for at least somebody coming from the UK. Uh, But so there was always something a little bit kind of a little bit special about this part of the world, even from my younger age so when there was the opportunity to come out here i uh, i jumped at it originally thinking it would only be for one year but uh, then of course things changed it started with a, with a job opportunity exactly yeah yeah so i was asked to come out here for uh, for one year to help train new people so before you were working in um, in in england in uk yeah so i was a, an employee in ibm uk Uh, before I came here and transferred with the company to help set up the international centers here. And so, tell me, you know, what uh, about the, your 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 first years when you when you came here, right? For example, um, you know, the, the first impression you had about coming to this. Well, country. My my first impression, well, the uh, my very first impression, you know, the the intention had been that because I was coming out here on an assignment with work, mm-hmm. the, the intention was that you're supposed to be able to come out for what they call a look-see trip first, which is, 
you know, a few weeks before you actually move here, you can come and visit for a few days and just get a, a feel for the area. Mm-hmm. It also helps with uh, planning, you know, where do you want to live and what kind of part of the city and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because in my case, it, it all happened very, very quickly and very last minute. Uh, actually, I didn't get the look-see trip. So mm-hmm. my my first impression was when I came here full time. And uh, I mm-hmm. flew into Vienna Airport that first okay. time. And a taxi picked me up from Vienna Airport and, and brought me across to Slovakia from there. And I remember I uh, as we came through uh, Heinberg and uh, Wolfstahl and we were approaching the Slovak border there, uh, my taxi driver, who didn't speak any English, he just pointed over towards the one bit of Bratislava that we could kind of already see, mm-hmm. which was Dolhe Dieli, uh, and just pointed at that and said, Bratislava. <laughs> uh, so that was my first impression, was looking at that kind of massive high-rise buildings okay. uh, on the hill there and thinking, oh, wow, that that looks really interesting. Uh, and I was I was a little bit nervous, I have to say. So, And this was dark. It was at nighttime. So uh, we drove in. He dropped me off at... Um, what was the Hotel Forum, uh, it's now the Crown Plaza, opposite yeah. the President's Palace, uh, which was where I was staying for, well, it was supposed to be the first few days, ended up being weeks in the end. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really didn't have any orientation of where that was, so my I kind of didn't know if where I was was in the middle of all of that that he'd pointed at and shown me, or if that was a completely different part of the city. And, yeah, that first night I booked into the hotel, I put down my bags and I thought, okay, I should go out and have a look. And yeah, I think I managed to walk around one block mm-hmm. before I, I ran and hid back into my <laughs> hotel room because uh, I was just there by myself and I didn't know where I was. Or so that's how you came, you yeah. and then nobody else. It's you and it was uh, just job opportunity. M- just me, and uh, and uh, yeah. So everybody I, else joined later. In fifteen years, what are maybe one thing you noticed that uh, really transformed or changed a lot? Well, I mean, the it's you know the investment into the the city of Bratislava itself has been significant mm-hmm. over the last fifteen years. The city has changed a lot, I think, um, mostly in good ways, mostly for the good. Uh, but you know, we have also lost uh, quite a few green spaces in the city that, mm-hmm. that have been converted into office blocks and so on. So it's a mixed bag. Um, there's a lot more money. Mm-hmm. Around Bratislava than there was 15 years ago. It's it's evident uh, in uh, particularly driving around in cars. I remember being struck over time with how cars had changed in the city. When I first came here, there were a lot more older, uh, visibly mm-hmm. damaged or rusted, um, smaller cars running around the city. These days, it, it's all new cars. It's big SUVs, it's, you know, that there's just visibly a lot more money around the city these days. So you're, you're talking about the, the business that, that, that grew up, so you're also part of uh, a business here, right? So you are currently yes. the managing director in IBM, that is one of probably the, the, the biggest uh, service It's the largest center. shared service center in Slovakia, yeah. Yeah. So and what? How, how do you how do you see the the area where you are you know expert in and you are you know working in like the, the growth in in this last year? So the shared services over those fifteen years has also grown massively. I mean, we were one of the first companies uh, to come here to establish centers, mm-hmm. and you know we started at that time with about fifty people. 
uh, and other companies uh, have done started with similar sizes. Uh, nowadays, you know, the the shared services industry as a whole is around thirty thousand people mm-hmm. in uh, thirty thousand employees in Slovakia. Um, there are more than thirty shared services centers ranging from you know some of the smallest are around kind of that fifty people size mm-hmm. uh, through to some which are like us thousands of people. So the growth has been enormous. So you you actually lived it in your skin, right? So you came here as a foreigner from a different country, right? I know personally also, you know, came like nine years ago to Slovakia. And right. I, I had so, and I always have my opinion about uh, why you should come to Slovakia or if I should, you know, move from my own country mm-hmm. and do several efforts, maybe you know, to understand or to, you know, it's a challenge for an individual. So what what would you say to, you know, who is deciding or wondering or mm. living not in Slovakia? Uh, would you suggest to come here or would you not or what what, what would you tell them? Yeah, so I mean I can talk about the things that have attracted me uh, perhaps to stay as i say my my motivation to come here initially or to volunteer to come here initially was was based on uh, a curiosity and interest and a desire to 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 see another part of the world and th- this area of the world in particular was interesting to me anyway uh, and with the job opportunities that was fine and great and, and a good chance to come and see but i never expected i would stay this long when i made that move Uh, so the things that uh, have have caused me to stay uh, really focus around the quality of life here yeah. for me. Uh, obviously, that there have been work opportunities as well that have that have helped, but uh, that could have happened anywhere in the world. the The thing that really makes Slovakia feel like home is the quality of life. Um, I like the pace of life here uh, and I can only really compare and compare, contrast to UK but there are silly things that make uh, significific differences for me uh, bring just, uh, just, a couple uh, of them so uh, one thing would be for example car insurance mm-hmm. here it is much simpler and much more sensible uh, and you maybe don't think about car insurance as being something that can improve the quality of your life yeah. uh, but um, if you compare in UK The system is that you insure the person to drive a particular car. Yeah. So it's the person that has the insurance and they are insured to drive their mm-hmm. specific car. And what that means is that you know, nobody else can drive your car mm-hmm. and you can't drive anybody else's car okay. unless you start going and adding additional policies each time so to you your like insurance. So you put car plus X, one person, and then you can... Right, I mean, okay. you can start building in these things, but then you're paying more mm-hmm. and more on top for every time you want to build up those those options. Uh, so you know, even simple things like if you yeah. want to you know, go out for a, a drink somewhere with some friends, uh, once you're the person who picks up the car keys and takes your car, in most cases that means you, know, you can't then just give your keys yeah. to anybody else. Here in Slovakia, it's, it's so much more sensibly done. You insure the car and the car is insured for whoever you give permission yeah. to drive it. And it's just you know, little silly things like that. Just You don't have to think so much about those silly little complex details you can just live life um 
Another thing, I'm very much into nature. I enjoy being out in nature a lot. Uh, you know, Slovakia has a significant number of uh, national parks, mm-hmm. some very, very beautiful ones and some beautiful scenery. And uh, what I, again, comparing to UK, it, it's the openness of that. It's the availability of that. Just an example, where I live, I, I'm near to a small river mm-hmm. um, uh, called the Chernovoda. And if I want to, I can go up to the Chernovoda and I can walk for you know, tens of kilometers mm-hmm. along the river on either side of the bank uh, with nobody to stop me and nobody to interfere. And I can just walk and it's mm-hmm. open and it's it's just nice and it's freely available. Okay. If I go to UK, you know, 95% of riverbanks are private property, okay. closed off to the public. So if you want to go for a walk along the river, you're going to the same 1,000-meter slot that 50,000 other people are trying to get to. And you know, just, just that quality of the experience is very, very different. Okay. And um, so what is there something in particular that you like about Slovakia on top of this? Particular things that I like about Slovakia, oh, on top of the simplicity that is. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's uh, for me, it's a big advantage being part of the European Union. Um, um, I'm also, I know some people don't like it, but I'm a, a fan of the single currency as well. Yeah. The freedom of being able to move around. So Slovakia is brilliantly placed from that point of view. You know, there's four or five capital cities mm-hmm. you can reach within five hours drive of here. Um, and you know, there's much more that you can go if you're willing to, to drive a little bit further than that. So its central location is also ideal, not just for exploring Slovakia and getting out into the nature and things here, uh, but also then there's plenty of other opportunities out there that uh, really, yeah, just hop in a car and go exploring it. It's ideal for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you've been working in... Uh... In IBM, mostly all this time, right? So it's correct. Since, since so you didn't change. I, I have not. No, I've changed roles within IBM. Yeah, but but, but you didn't change the company or either. so. Would you still all. be living in Slovakia if you without IBM? I think I would. Yes, I believe I would. Um, as I said, this is this is home, not because of the the job. And actually, another interesting thing here, another reason why uh, Slovakia is very attractive here to me is that. I don't live in Bratislava. I live uh, a few tens of kilometers outside mm-hmm. of Bratislava. Um, and one of the main reasons for that is that I have kids and I wanted to uh, try and get a house with a garden rather than being in an apartment within mm-hmm. the city. That's just a personal preference. Um, and uh, if I compare costs of, of housing and mortgages to, again, to somewhere like UK, if I think 30, 40 kilometers outside of the capital city, London, in mm-hmm. UK, what I would be paying for a house with a garden there compared to what I can get here in Slovakia, 30, 40 kilometers outside of the capital city, yeah, it, it's it's different worlds. So again, from that point of view, the, the quality of life is is better here for me in terms of how far my Slovak euro stretches compared yeah. to what my UK pound would. And uh, is there, so let's maybe bring some constructive part of it. So is there anything instead that uh, it still has to be improved? Yes. 
Yes, yeah, I would definitely say there's still room for improvement here in Slovakia. But um, if you have a magic wand now, what would you change or improve from, from today? If I had a magic wand, well, first of all, I would say one thing that I have seen great improvement in already. One one thing where somebody already seems to have waved a magic wand and, mm-hmm. and it's 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 worked very well. It generally uh, services in the country are greatly improved. Uh, if you were here 15 years ago and and you were trying to just do something as simple as buy something in a shop um with or without the language skill this the uh the service behaviors were uh were somewhat lacking honestly mm-hmm. said uh over the last 15 years the i think maybe because of the growth i don't know but uh the behaviors have changed uh, and it's a much more pleasant experience uh to to get services here in Slovakia. The so service you're not talking about the service centers. No 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 no, no, no but I'm talking about companies but more like you know going to the shop. General life exactly waiting. going to the live, going to the cinema, yeah. at a restaurant, those kind of things where uh just in your in your normal outside life you're uh, you are paying as an individual for a service. Uh those experiences are are much much better than they okay. were 15 years ago. Uh, I think the the one area that I would say really still needs major overhaul here in Slovakia is the education system. Okay. Um and yeah you know, I, I think it's adequate and I don't want to make any suggestion here that it's not. Uh, but when I look at the capabilities of what it could be, mm-hmm. I think Slovakia is still a long way off what it could achieve. Um Some of that is driven by uh, some uh, older bureaucratic processes around the way the education system works. Um, Some of it is driven by some older schooling techniques Mm -hmm. uh, still being used. Uh, It's visible in that, uh, in fact, Slovakia has struggled in the last few years of, of polls to get any single university mm-hmm. into the top 500 in the world. Okay. Uh, which, yeah, given that there are, I think, 36 or something different universities in Slovakia, if you take all of the little branch offices and everything that's around the country as well, which is a huge number for a population of 6 million people, uh, you know, I think there is work that can be done to consolidate that and to, to uh, improve... Yeah, it generally improved the standard of teaching that's happening there to to bring it to a a more modern way. But but obviously the 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 business you are representing part of it is actually the ultimate uh you know destination after for for a university student, right? It's like you you studied to have a place to in in you know the working area, right? So to, mm. to work and to be prepared. So how strong yeah. can be the business to push for a education reformation? Well, and again, I think this is an interesting point that uh, that there's a fundamental difference in how the universities see themselves okay. uh, and how perhaps the, the business world sees the need from the universities. Um, most universities are still, that, although they're turning out thousands of graduates a year mm. uh, the thinking tends to be focused rather on the people who come to university should be focused on going into research going forward 
uh, so so really to to remain within the academic world okay so they're not preparing people for the business world um and i think one of the changes that we need to work on and see is to say well either yeah and that, that's a noble quest right they, they, we absolutely always need those people that are going into the research fields uh, because the, a lot of them are the people that are driving new ways of thought and new ideas and that's fantastic we need that as well we don't necessarily need the tens of thousands that we're talking about yeah. and there aren't the opportunities for those tens of thousands that's the point so which is why a lot of them then actually come into the business world uh, so there either needs to be a change in the thought process in universities that says okay it needs to be able to support the needs of both academia going forward, long-term research and the business world. Or we need to start changing the way people think in Slovakia, which today you know, it's it's very common that everybody goes to university after high school because it's just the done thing to do. <laughs> okay. Uh, and maybe we need to start thinking about, uh, in, in fact, are there other routes available of further education, not just the university route? where we can prepare people for the business world as well. What else do you follow around uh, Slovakia, right? So are you, for example, following the, the news or what is happening on politics as a foreigner? Um, not really. I tend to be focused a little bit more on, on the, the, the natural world side of things. So my interest tends to be on, uh, you know, for example, one of the things that I was following was... Uh, there's been a, a, a growth in the beaver population okay. here in Slovakia, uh, and it's been observed that uh, they're kind of they're gradually working their way down the Danube mm -hmm. River and spreading out from there. So, uh, yeah, one of the things that I'm interested in is, is just observing and watching how that spread is working. And then, as I say, I like to go out in nature, so it's interesting then to actually see the physical effects of the beavers being around as well. You you, you see the dams and the Uh, the trees that they've brought down and uh, just how it changes the uh, the overall environment. The source of your information is uh, like local news or what, what, what are the sources? Some of it is local news, although um, no. mostly it tends to be websites. There are, there are websites out there, mostly in Slovak language, which it makes it a little bit uh, hard going for me. But um, the... Uh, Uh, because of, you know, there's also a lot of scientific terminology used in those articles and uh, that can be hard going for a, a non-native. Uh, but there's also a lot of pictures, so that helps. Uh, you know, pictures are always easy to follow. Uh, but no, mostly websites, mostly websites. And how are you speaking Slovensky? Ah, no, jasne. Trošku. And that's actually important. How many um, foreigners do you think are... are willing to learn Slovak mm. that are living here? My observation is generally um, people are willing to learn a few basics to get around. Uh, I don't see a lot of drive from people to really learn the language in depth. There are some. There are obviously there are, there are some people who really do, and uh, I, I've met some foreigners who really excel at the language mm -hmm. fantastically um but on the whole most of them i, I would say no they uh, and uh, for a few reasons one uh again they tend to work in international companies where the english language tends to be the, the spoken language both written and verbal uh and because in a lot of cases because of the uh the communities 
that form here. Uh, a lot of people automatically kind of orient towards foreigner communities. Okay. You know, there are foreigner websites. Um, so in some cases, people get together as a, a community or a culture from a particular country, and then they can converse in their own language. Um, or, as I say, in mixed groups where they tend to use English. So now, generally, I think it's uh, it's a little bit weak. On the other hand, I've I've also personally experienced a couple of times, uh, you know, some of the Slovak Slovak language courses, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, again, I, I find that the they're not the most effective in the world, so it can be hard. And I've used all sorts of things from uh, books and CDs. I've got some stuff downloaded on my phone yeah. uh, that I listen to while I'm in the car. I've had two different types of Slovak lessons, and then just generally getting out there and trying it and learning it. But the grammar is very hard. The grammar is probably the the biggest challenge for most people. And do you have the opportunity to practice during your days? Uh, at work, uh, not so much. Again, because most of the the, the working time is done in the English language. Uh, occasionally, yes, you get the chance. But uh, at home, uh, more so. I'm married to a Slovak, so uh, we occasionally use Slovak in the house. Um, and in fact, with our kids, she speaks Slovak to them and mm-hmm. I speak English to them. So they, they grow up uh, bilingual. Uh, probably my biggest uh, advantage, I would say, is that my parents-in-law don't speak English. Okay. Uh, so with them, I have to speak in Slovak. So that that helps because I'm kind of forced then to to converse with them in in their native language. But when you're back into the UK for a while, then that looks cool, right? Here. Well, the fine, actually, uh, the last time I went back to Slovakia, uh, back to UK, sorry, my uh, old school friends told me that I've picked up an accent. Um, so I've been here so long, and I go back to UK so rarely uh, that yeah, they actually claim that they can hear uh, a, a slight foreign accent in my English now. How much Slovak do you feel now after many years? And also compared to your. Uh, being, you know, a UK citizen. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, for me, yeah, I am still uh, a UK citizen. I have the the British passport, which, of course, will be interesting in a few months' time when uh, Brexit kicks in. But um, in terms of, no, Slovakia is home for me, definitely. I, I feel more at home in Slovakia than I do in UK these days. Um Part of that's maybe because, you know, I, I, I'm not your typical Englishman. Okay. Uh, in that, uh, number one, I don't drink tea. Uh, number two, I don't like football. <laughs> so it's very hard to get by in England if you don't like tea or football. Okay. Uh, so to come to somewhere like Slovakia where those things can be forgiven was a lot easier. Um, you know, and, and my family is, is Slovak. Uh, so obviously my wife... Uh, but my kids were born here. They have Slovak passports. They go to Slovak state schools. Okay. Uh, so you know, I live in a, a small village where I'm one of a very, very small number of foreigners that live there. So I live uh, outside of work in a Slovak community as well. So, How uh, is the relationship with, um, uh, you know, not, not not in the office where you have a foreigner environment mm-hmm. people speak English, but in little villages or mm-hmm. with people that are that have like low possibility to you know have exchange with foreigners yeah. oh. i find them very welcoming 
Very welcoming. Um, I I have to say, people are um, you know, always very pleased when I'm I'm trying to converse with them in Slovak, uh, but uh, they they treat me. Uh, very nicely. I, I'm almost a little pet in the village, you know, the, the little pet Englishman. And uh, it's quite funny if I'm on the phone. If I'm asking somebody to come to my house, you know, if I if I need a a, a plumber or an electrician or somebody in the village to to come to my house, and I phone them up and ask them if they can come over, uh, because it's one of these villages where there are no real street names and the numbers are a bit mixed over. It's hard to be able to say and. This is my house number in the village, and they don't really know where that is. Yeah. So I'm trying to describe where they should come in the village, and in the end, I just say Anglican, the Englishman, and they ah okay okay now I know. <laughs> so then they come. Um, so uh, yeah, okay. it brings a little bit of uh, fame with it in the village as well. But no, it's it's nice, and I get invited to you know, the, the the village uh, fairs and fates and things that go on. Actually, one of our neighbours is the the godparent. Uh, of our children, so no, it's it's very comfortable. For me. So positive experience, very positive, with, uh, very very positive, and, and and that's good because one of the uh, you know there is uh, I think in the last uh, years, guys, uh, if if you read Slovak news and so on, there are several concerns about you know more uh, less openness of, mm. to, towards foreigners, mm. more like kind of uh, uh, sided extremism. Uh, Yeah. political parties in the government and so on. There Absolutely. is a kind of this kind of conversation going on. Absolutely. Right? And I know you particularly also with IBM you are um you know advocating, right? I, I saw some Facebook page and so on. Right? You're advocating diversity as something yes, important. Right? That is the opposite side. So what uh do you think it is is really still important to advocate diversity in Slovakia and where where it's lacking or what has to be done very much so i mean you know there are always pockets and and i think first of all i would say you know, that this is not a a situation unique to slovakia there, okay. there there's a a trend across europe as a whole uh, in the last years for more right wing Uh, political parties and right-wing groups to, to be popping up here and there uh, for a mixture of different reasons, I, I think. But that's the reality that we have to accept that they are they are there. Uh, one of the things that I personally found interesting here in Slovakia, uh, recently you talked about the, the political parties. So we had... Um, Mr. Kotleba mm -hmm. uh, obviously was successful a few years back in being elected in uh, Banska Bystrica. Okay. Uh, but one of the, uh, and more recently, in the, the more recent elections, he's then been actually voted out again. Uh, and, and that was an interesting dynamic for me because when you look at the numbers there that what happened, My impression is very much that in the first election where he got voted in, the voter turnout was relatively low um, and the demographic uh, didn't include a lot of younger people voting. And you know the, uh, and as a consequence, I think he got voted in. There were there were people who felt strongly on topics. Um, he appeared to be supporting them on those topics, and those were the people that voted. Mm -hmm. And a lot of other people who perhaps had different opinions simply didn't vote. They, okay. they, they perhaps didn't think it was important for them to vote. A few years later, you see the uh, the elections came round again. The voter turnout was much higher. 
the demographic distribution of the voters was very different. And suddenly you found that actually he was voted out again. Okay. So I think you know, that just one small example, maybe not such a small example, but one example of, I think, an awakening that's happening in the Slovak population as well of, of uh, a need for people to be present and to speak out and to, to use their constitutional powers okay. uh, when they have the opportunity to, to make sure that Slovakia is the country they want it to be. Um, and yes, IBM, you, so you said about IBM and the, the, the Facebook pages and so on, absolutely. You know, diversity is one of our absolute key values in IBM. Uh, it's something that we've always cherished and we have a very, very long and rich history of cherishing diversity. Uh, uh, you know, there are many examples where IBM as a company has has taken proactive steps to encourage diversity ahead of um, you know, legal changes that perhaps happen even decades later in some cases to mm-hmm. to help try and force those those equal opportunities. Uh, so a very strong track record and a very important part of the the values for IBM. Yeah, we will be present. Uh, on the market here and continue to be present and and to advocate for diversity in all of its forms. It's, it only brings uh, more creative thought, more interesting uh, ideas um, and a, a more pleasant and varied environment in which to live and work. What is, um, what is missing or why is it so important to keep advocating diversity, right? What's, what's the thing to improve in, from the current status mm. quo? Well, I think uh, you know, it, it's a journey. It's not a destination. It's not something that we um, probably ever reach the end of. And the, one of the reasons for that is that societies and cultures and, and uh, economies are constantly in a change of, of change and flux. Uh, and so you adapt to those as you can. But uh, I think one area in particular, from, from personal experience, one area that I think there's still a long way to go is certainly with people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, again, I would say that this is an area that is has shown improvement in Slovakia in the 15 years that I have been here in that uh, I observed quite a lot of... Um, stigma uh, around uh, people with disabilities uh, when I when I first came here in the first few years, uh, not anything really you know overtly significant, but there there was a stigma attached to people with disabilities. There was um, even for people with disabilities a reluctance if if they could hide it, mm-hmm. then they, they would prefer to hide it than for other people to be aware of it. Uh, 15 years later, there's still some element of that, but I think it's much improved from where it was. However, uh, one of the experiences that I've had uh, was as an English native speaker here in Slovakia, one of my um, you know, advantages, one of the things that I can contribute to society is my English language skill. So I did some volunteering work with a school for children with hearing disabilities. 
uh, where uh, you know basically just gave them the opportunity to to speak with a native English speaker mm-hmm. uh, to to help hone their English skills, and hopefully that would give them more opportunities uh, also going forward. But one of the things that I observed was that many of those children really um you know that they weren't setting the bar high enough for themselves their own aspirations in terms of what they were capable of or what they could be capable of were much lower than what i perceived in them some of them uh, uh in particular some of them had very very good english language skills already uh, beyond anything i had expected uh and and you know very bright children of course uh, the opportunities for them, I think, were, were virtually endless, and yet because of their disability, somehow they themselves so felt they that self discouraged themselves. Right, they they didn't have the opportunities that other people would have. So there's there's still work to do there, I'm sure. So the the, the importance of you know advocating for diversity, if you are individual or a company, is not only for you know to to share your own personal positive view that diversity is better because it's enriching, making us more creative and so on, but also for making sure that more in people are actually um, getting benefits from from this acceptance Absolutely. of living all together. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and as I say, it's not always necessarily uh, acceptance from other people. Sometimes it's that acceptance from within themselves that actually it's okay to be you know who I am and I can still be very very successful uh, and do anything that I want and that there are people out there that can help with that how can we you know all condensate into a message for other foreigners or for Slovaks like why what is why is it important to uh, be open minded one thing that I would say to anybody who's already here is Yeah, you have to get out there and be part of the community. Um, it's it's great that Slovakia has opportunities, as I said earlier, for for communities of foreigners to get together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that in itself creates brilliantly diverse uh, and interesting groups and opportunities that people can take advantage of. Uh, but it's also important to to make sure that you are. Uh, integrating with the local community and the local culture as well, uh, and you can do that in all sorts of different ways. You know, there, it doesn't necessarily mean having to to go out uh, onto the streets of Bratislava and start randomly walking up to people and making conversations with them. But you know, there are uh, sports clubs or. Uh, you know, other interest groups, yeah. many of them are on Facebook. Uh, you can find them that, that just provide these opportunities. I myself use sports mostly. I, I tend to uh, get involved in things like swimming, cycling, running, uh, and I join in with groups that uh, are doing that, very few of whom uh, you know speak English, and it's a little <laughs> bit tough to start with sometimes. It's to, an opportunity to, to learn get in. or practice. Yeah. But exactly, you know, if you've got common topics that you can start as a foundation, so if it's cycling, you know, even without the language, you you can still manage to communicate with many people about cycling if you're both knowledgeable about cycling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and again, that that's over time. Um, You know, the language skills will follow 
and build up as well. So that would be probably probably my my biggest recommendation for foreigners who are coming here with the intention to stay here for a period of time is mm-hmm. is look for those opportunities where you can engage with the community. Because as a foreigner, you don't necessarily embrace diversity if you just go out with people of your... Exactly. It works of... both ways, right? Oh, yes, yes. It absolutely works both ways. Okay. And um, maybe we can get out at the last part of uh, of the, this podcast. So I would like to to know what are you doing when you're not managing director of, of IBM. <laughs> uh, so when I'm not uh, at work, then my time is is very much split between family and and sport um, and nature. The, what's, uh, what's the your, sport and nature. Your, your favorite combined. sport in this case? What what's, what are you? Uh, well, I, I, I said the, the swimming, cycling and running, so I do triathlon. Oh, that's uh, that's, so all the three at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, that's that's what I enjoy. And again, it's it's great because it suits. I started in Slovakia. It wasn't something that I was doing before I came to Slovakia. I could swim and I could bike and I could run, but I never occurred to me to combine them all until I came here. Um, the uh, but you know Slovakia, although it doesn't have a sea coast, we, there are so many inland lakes, uh, and the water quality is so great in many of them. That it's fantastic to be able to get out and do open water swimming here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, the the cycling, as I say, in the there's there's so much green and so much countryside around Slovakia, and so much of it, if you're willing to get on a mountain bike or so on, is is accessible to the general public that. Uh, you can explore for miles and miles and miles and, and never get to the end of it. Um, so, you know, that that combines nicely some my interest in being outdoors and in nature and doing a little bit of sport mm-hmm. for health as well. Um, so my family is also very active. You know, we all like to get out on our bikes together at the weekends and we usually take a picnic somewhere and enjoy you know, the, the summers here are, are beautiful. That's the other nice thing about Slovakia for distinct seasons you, know, you you really have a proper spring summer so autumn and winter <laughs> exactly yeah um so you know that's great that you can get out different times of year and really see slovakia in 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 its different forms and shapes mm-hmm. and uh, your uh, favorite food here in slovakia my favorite food um actually i i have to say i am a big fan of all slovak foods okay uh except for one which I, I just don't get on with, and that's langosh. Okay. Uh, just there's nothing specific about it, but I just too much garlic. It's not. No, I love garlic. I okay. love garlic. Uh, I think the thing with langosh for me is that it's it's only good if it's really really fresh. Um, and uh, for me, I can't eat it kind of quick enough. It it, it goes stale too quickly in my hands yeah. to really properly enjoy it. So that's the one that I I, yeah. I, I avoid. But anything else here, I mean, the um, probably uh, yeah, the, the number one probably has to be Brinzova Haluski. Okay. Uh, when it's done very well, then that that's really great. Um, and uh, regarding drink, what's your favorite drink here? For drink, uh, well, um, I'm, I, so I have the occasional Zlaty Bazant. It's not tea, no. <laughs> the occasional Zlaty Bazant um, beer. Generally, I'm not too fussy with the drinks. Uh, that's uh, whatever's available, and other people are having kofala, uh when we're out um, 
when I'm out with the uh, the triathlon guys, we quite often stop for a coffee somewhere. You bring coffee to also to the UK when you go. Uh, I've never brought any back to UK, but whenever anybody comes here, I do insist that they try it okay. at least once. Is that a weird taste for you or interesting? I like coffee. Um, I mean, it's it's. I find it very difficult to describe it to anybody. That's, a work, that, that's why when people come over from UK and have family, what have you. Uh, I really say to them, I, I just can't describe to you what this drink is. You just have to <laughs> try it because uh, the people see it and they're the first thing, oh, it's something like Coke, right? And it's nothing like Coke at all. So uh, you just have to try it and give it a go. Okay, so yeah, that, that's something, a uh, call to action for everybody that didn't <laughs> try it yet. Uh, is there anything we you would like to share with our listeners or that we haven't talked about? Nothing comes to mind immediately. I would just say that uh, um, yeah, generally if anybody's thinking about uh, a place to come and explore, then uh, getting out and about in Slovakia is one of the best decisions you can make. I think it really has uh, such a wide range of opportunities and very, very friendly people. So come out and meet them. Thank you, Paul for uh for sharing with us thank uh, you can i uh, is it any place where people can reach out to you in case they want to you know get in touch or ask a question or something yeah i'm out there on linkedin so uh if anybody's looking to connect with me uh then you can find me uh on linkedin okay thank you perfect thanks very much Thank you everyone for listening to my Slovak experience. See you at the next interview. Till then, have fun, share and enjoy.